Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. Habits and routines seem to be the pivotal thing that separates the successful people from those who are less successful. And this episode will focus on habits specifically. Whenever you look at habits, most of the research out there looks at developing habits on a daily basis. And this has great utility, but it is not the be-all and end-all. For myself, I've found that the best habits are split up into four components. The first one is developing a habit that will let you achieve what you want in the long term. And for me, that's about five years or so. Secondly, looking at what habits help you to achieve in a yearly basis. And this is probably the most important because everything that you do can lead to a great, amazing result if you put in the energy and effort and sustain it for one year. And then most important to me on a planning basis is the weekly routines. There's also the daily routines as well, but why I'm not so much into that is because the weekly routine just seems to have a massive reward for the effort that you invest in it. So let me explain a little bit more of what that looks like. If you have a weekly habit, then you can look at the way that you work, the way that you use your time and use blocks of time to focus on different things. And we can take advantage of the fact that there are seasons to do things. And by using the seasons of, all right, we've got the weekend to do this, we've got the working week to do this, we can break up parts of it, look at our free time and see how we use it, then we can really get the best results. Let's take personal fitness as an example. There are some people that say, okay, you get into a routine, you use some habits, which we'll talk about how to develop habits later this episode. And you can work your way up to doing 11 push-ups a day or more or whatever it is. And that's kind of admirable, but you see these guys after about a year or so, and it's often in most cases a phase that they went through just because it's very hard to continue with this sort of thing. And That goes beyond the standard reasons of typical habits. It's the fact that some things just don't lend itself to being done on a daily basis. I know somebody who started to do a chin-up challenge and they had to do so many chin-ups every day. Uh, A couple of days or weeks into it, I forget, they started to develop tendonitis. So the whole thing was put on hold. Another one, they were actually successful and they continued a year later. They'd maintained it. They were feeling a bit better for it and everything. But they also had a friend and colleague who was going to the gym three times a week and doing a proper sustained workout. And you know which one was the stronger and fitter one at the end of it. So putting the right things in the right place is so essential. Make sure that you do have the daily habits. And these are things like, you know, brushing your teeth and preparing in set ways, preparing for the next day. All of these things are great, whatever it is. And having ways of getting ready so that you've got a routine, you don't have to think about it, makes life effortless and easy. But 
focus on the week is probably my best bit of advice. Focus on what you can achieve with your spare time. Focus on your work time and if that's actually what you should be doing or if there's gaps. I know people that use their lunch breaks to write books, uh, to go to the gym, to achieve so many goals while others just sit around in the office kitchen and talk to people they don't like about things they're not interested in and a year later they're probably feeling worse for it. So decide what you want if the juice is worth the squeeze and then proceed with the habit that you need. There is so much good literature out there on developing habits and the rest of this episode will focus on creating and destroying habits. I would say that probably the best book that I've read on it is Atomic Habits by James Clear. So if you've read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, go and get a copy. It's very similar to other habit books, but the main thing that I like about it is it was written, I think, in 2018, so it's really up to date, and it's kind of built on the shoulders of other habit books. So if you get a chance, that's the one that has probably the best basis plan. And this will go briefly through the blueprint, but it's not going to go through everything, so you definitely need to pick up the book to check it out. But the skeleton of it is is that to create a good habit, there are four laws. The first one is to make it obvious. So let's say you want to learn how to play guitar. To make it obvious, you set up your environment. So you might put your guitar in the middle of the room or on your bed or or whatever that is so that it constantly is a reminder that, hey, I've got to do some guitar practice. Number two is to make it attractive. And this is where you can pair an action with something that you want to do with something you need to do. So if you want to play guitar and you get joy out of it, that's amazing. But sometimes this doesn't always happen. Or sometimes you get to a sticking point where it's just frustrating. But if you compare that, all right, once I've done guitar, then I move on to doing this, a reward or whatever, then it's attractive. The next one is to make it easy. And this looks at ways which you can make it so it's more easy to take part in the activity and it goes through so many different components of making it easy probably the best one that I liked was using the two minute rule and that's bringing the habit down to small tiny blocks if you can discipline yourself so that you're doing these habits for an incredibly short period of time then it becomes really effortless Uh, he gives an example of somebody who wanted to lose weight and go to the gym but he found that was just extremely hard so he went off to the gym but was only allowed to be there for two or five minutes or whatever and then after a while it's kind of frustrating to get all the work of getting there just work out for a couple of minutes and go home so he's like well I'm here I might as well keep working out and he just continued that philosophy and at the end of the year he achieved his goals and the final one is to make it satisfying and this again has many components to it essentially it's all about using reinforcement giving yourself rewards when you complete habits and doing making it so that when you hit that boredom phase that you're able to push through it 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 goes through it more and more in the book but you get the concept make it obvious make it attractive and make it easy and make it satisfying the simple way to break habits is simply the opposite so 
he goes through the inversion laws. The first one is make it invisible. So if you're going to quit smoking, then basically you get rid of all the cigarettes. Number two, make it unattractive. So you remind yourself constantly about the damage or the financial cost of smoking, whatever it is. Number three, making it difficult. You make it so that you don't have any cigarettes in the house and the only way that you could get the cigarettes is by driving to the shops and make it that you make a deal with yourself that you can only drive to the shops in the next suburb or, or whatever to make it really difficult. And finally, to make it unsatisfying. And this is where you can attach a punishment to the process. So this is where you can go into contracts with people and say, well, if I smoke, then I will donate charity money to something that I don't like, or I'll give money to this person or, or whatever it is, something that just really makes it not the rewarding activity that it once was. So my best recommendation for this episode would sit on two things. Number one is to get the book because it's really a great read. And number two is that when you're planning for the next year, 2020, which is going to be the best and biggest year ever, make sure that you're focusing on, at the start, what you want for the year and looking at how that would build into your five-year or longer-term plan. And next, what the weekly systems are that you need in order to set everything up. And then, of course, look at some daily routines, but don't get too caught up in the in the starry-eyed goal process of having to achieve a thousand things and doing so many things a day that just puts massive stress on you. Find out how people get their results. Notice that people who are extremely athletic usually go to the gym and really hit it hard for, say, three or four days a week. Uh, notice how those people who are really good at music, maybe they do practice for a couple of minutes a day or, or whatever it is, but find out what it is and make it sustainable. So check out his book, consider what I've mentioned in this episode, and tell me, what are your plans for 2020? By leaving a comment in the comments box or contacting me at michaelpolser at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpolser at gmail.com.